Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Corey Friedman, our guest Andy Mazur, and I'm Luke Stuckmeyer after the Cubs pound the Pirates 9 to nothing. The Ivy is out. The Cubs are throwing out 9 nothing shutouts. They have their first three-game winning streak of the season. And as Cody says, who was at the ball game tonight, all the vibes were there <laughs> at Wrigley Field. We are indeed vibing, Luke. Uh, after a good road trip, comes, the Cubs come back home and immediately start this homestand with a bang. You know what was a real vibe, Andy? Yes. Was that first inning. Yeah, it's not often that you get your uh, starting pitcher an eight-run cushion uh, <laughs> after one inning of play. And, uh, you know, Wilson Contreras with the, with the big blow in that inning with the uh, Grand Slam, his 100th career home run. I think there was more activity in the bleachers trying to get him the ball back yeah. than there actually was from Pittsburgh hitting at all tonight. So uh, that was nice. It was nice to see. It was nice to see a good, uh, complete type of effort. They're playing some good ball right now. Yeah, I mean, Wilson Contreras, his first hit as a major leaguer was a home run. Yes, it was. His 100th home run was the Grand Slam, and you saw the emotion again in the dugout from him, and that's, that's just who he is, you know? That's probably part of why he rubs some teams. You saw him rounding the bases. That was like, that's what you want to see out of your leader. You want to see that type of passion no matter if you're coming off a 2-4 and four road trip or a 4-2 and two road trip. And uh, it, it was good to see. I mean, a guy had a double and a grand slam in one inning. Yeah, and by the way, from the Elias Sports Bureau, okay, Wilson Contreras is the first Cubs player with a double and a grand slam in the same inning since Frank Wildfire Schulte back in 1911. Wow. That was even before I was around. Didn't they used to call you Wildfire? They, they, run, calling, they run calling Wildfire. <laughs> That's what they do. Uh, it was, I mean, that first inning was really something. Uh, 27 minutes for the first inning, eight runs, and, and then they gave it to Wade Miley, and he just did the rest. But, I mean, the, the offense had a little bit of everything. We'll get to who you got our picks for it later, but pretty much the only guy that didn't have something going in that inning was Patrick Wisdom, my guy. Right. Everybody uh, else had something going. So sorry, sorry if you chose him. But, and that, that, I mean, obviously it's easy to say it was a, a brilliant display when they score eight runs in the first inning, but Peters, the starters for the Pirates, had come into this game pitching well, only a few starts yeah. on the year, uh, but they, they bumped that ERA pretty significantly in that first inning. That feel like a quick hook, too. I mean, I know the bases were loaded, and he'd already given up two runs. Uh, but you see that, you know, it wasn't helping them out by getting them out of there right away. I, I think I would have left him in, personally. I think there was the hard contact. I really do. Yeah. I mean, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't fooling anybody. And I think if you're going to try to at least stay in the game, yeah, you, had to go make the, you had to make the change. I mean, he, uh, the, the pitcher did not look very happy when, uh, <laughs> no. when Skip came out to take him out of the game that early. But I, I think, you know, if you want to try to keep your team in a game, you've got to take him out. Uh, the chat is starting to roll, and Joel Martinez says this is the most fun I've had since the start of the season, and Ravi promised he'd be back for the postgame show. He said streak the other day, and there it is. I mean, i got to be honest with you. I didn't see this coming based on the fact that when they went Dodgers-White Sox and they went heading out west, I thought, well, this isn't going to go well. You know, Padres, Diamondbacks, they get – four out of the six games, and then to come home and play the Pirates, a team that, by the way, you were, you were 4-11, and 11, the Cubs, at home this season. 
They had lost three out of four to the Pirates this season. This is what they should be doing to the Pirates. You know, this in 21 to nothing, that's what should be happening against the Pirates. If you're even a good team, let alone a great team. Yeah, you can live with the way that they played against the Dodgers. You kind of expect that to a degree right. as long as you come in and clean up at home against teams like the Pirates. And it certainly helps when you played that well on the road uh, against Arizona and San Diego. Other notes from that big first inning, the 100th career homer, we said, and it was emotional. Uh, he's the 10th leadoff hitter, Wilson Contreras, since 1901 with a grand slam. That is slang on sports, had that stat. Ian Happ, the first Cubs switch hitter with a hit from each side in the same game since Angel Pagan in 06, according to Ed Hartig. What an era that was. It was a very big era. 2006, <laughs> the Angel Pagan era. By the way, he his first two big league homers in the same game on his birthday that year against the White Sox. But not as big as this. This well, is no, one this is hit on each side of the plate. <laughs> and, and, this, and this is now. This, that was then. <laughs> I mean, they really did. First of all, we were wondering what Wade Miley would show up to this because his first outing coming out of the you know, no spring training and the rehab starts and trying to get his body ready was unimpressive. He didn't have great control. Um but this was what you wanted to see, and, and you really give him something, some relief going into the game when you spot him eight runs. He can go in there, and what I love, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Once they got those eight runs, this <laughs> game flew. He didn't need a pitch clock. He was Mark Burley up there. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. I'm all for it. Yeah, and this was obviously, you know, his first start. He's coming back and, and working his way up, building up his, his strength and stuff like that. But this was the start that you you signed him for, you know, you got him for. Because last year he was, if you're looking at, like, wins above replacement for pitchers, he was top 10. Yeah, He got Cy Young votes. Like, he had a really nice season, even if it wasn't, like, that absolute elite tier. And you saw what he does that makes that possible he works really quickly he got eight ground balls tonight struck out six got a lot of weak contact pop-ups like soft grounders on the infield you really saw I think the way Miley can be at his most effective and he you know as he continues to get stretched out he only threw 83 pitches in this game like in further along in the season, he probably could have finished this thing off if, right. if he was as effective in those last few innings. So this was really encouraging. We had watched a lot of short and inconsistent starts from this team. And over the last week or so, we've really seen them, the rotation kind of flip the script a little bit. Deeper starts, more competitive, saving the bullpen. And we talked just before we hopped on, this was also an important one because you were almost assuredly down Rowan Wick and Scott Efros tonight after both of them went back-to-back uh, -to -back over the weekend in Arizona. So obviously a shutout for the team is great, uh, and it was important because you didn't have your, you know, two of your best bullpen guys at the moment. You know, and the thing about Miley, too, getting into that rhythm – and with the soft contact and the ground balls with a, a night where the wind is blowing out at Wrigley Field is exactly what you want. Plus, when you work that quickly, and anybody that worked behind Burley or Maddox will tell you, you don't really have time to you know, start staring at the grass. You know, you're, you're, you're in the game. You're, you're ready to go on the next uh, attempt. And there were, there were some decent plays made in the field behind him, too. So, I mean, he's keeping everybody into the game and getting himself into that rhythm. You know, they were stepping out on him a couple of times. And uh, just before he gave up the only hit, uh, that he gave up, or the, the, the first hit that he gave up. Chavis stepped out, 
and the pitch came in, and it was called no pitch, and he got angry, and then, of course, Chavis hits the next pitch into left field for a base hit. But uh, that's the kind of rhythm he was in. He was really forcing these Pirates hitters to be very uncomfortable. Yeah, the perfect game was going, and, and you talk about that rotation and what he means to the rotation because the bullpen has been great. The bullpen has been great already. Now if the Cubs can add some steady pitching for a good stretch out of their rotation, it makes up for some of their inconsistencies in offense. You know, you're, you're still in games. The offense right now has a lot of guys that are moving parts. You're trying to fit them in and see what you have this year. But if the pitching is there in a division that has beatable teams, you're going to be in a lot of games if you can go from starting pitchers that can give you five, six solid innings and then go to Keegan Thompson, F. Ross, Roan Wick, Givens, Robertson when he gets back. Like The stretch uh, that Jordan Bastian tweeted out over the last seven games, the rotation, a 2.45 ERA, 31 strikeouts, 13 walks, a whip of 1.12 in 40 innings, and that's without Marcus Stroman, who could arguably be your ace. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't pitched since May 1st, and we'll have some injury updates later in the podcast. We'll talk about that a little bit, but that's a nice stretch, and they showed at the end of the broadcast even the stretch of just the last three starts, you know, the three-game winning streak. Really, it's been driven by solid starting pitching. Yeah, and, you know, to your point about, like, the offense and how it meshes with the pitching, we saw that in Arizona, right? Like, the Cubs didn't kill Arizona in the games that they won. They kept it close. They were all low-scoring games, and the Cubs were able to, um, you know, in the two wins, get the big hit, right, and push that one run across when the Diamondbacks were not able to and the Cubs' bullpen was able to hold them down. So you're, you're not even really seeing, like, you know, they're not throwing complete game shutouts or anything like that, but all you really need from this staff with how well the bullpen has gone is to get towards the sixth and seventh inning, just limit the amount of guys that David Ross needs to use on a nightly basis and hope that the offense is able to, obviously tonight it's a little easier for the staff when they score so many runs, but in gen- you know when they can't put up nine runs or have an eight-run first inning, just somebody step up, get that big hit, because the pitching staff is going to keep these games winnable, as they have for pretty much the whole season. And, and the addition of Miley just extends that rotation you know like it's it's such a difference to have you're you're probably going to get some inconsistency with Steele. so when you get a great game out of him that's great and you've had some bullpen games because you haven't had your full allotment of of your real rotation but when you have Hendricks Stroman back and Miley if you can get all three of them healthy and pitching to their capabilities you've got a really solid front three and I mean remember this is a rotation that doesn't have Alzali, you know? There's other guys that were supposed to be pieces of this. Alec Mills may not be an ace of a staff, but he's a solid piece that will eat some innings through a rotation. So adding Miley back to your getting your front three healthy will be a huge thing for this Cubs team. Yeah, I think the encouraging thing about the the previous two starts, not not tonight, because Miley was in control. And again, he he gets a lot of help from the offense. But the, the outings for Kyle Hendricks and Justin Steele were two guys that were absolutely gutting through performances. Yeah. And they were pitching without perhaps their, their best stuff. You know, and a lot of pitchers will tell you that, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not going to win those kind of games. But these were guys that were, they were determined. They were determined to get 
as many innings out of themselves as they could. Every pitch was really critical, especially for Kyle Hendricks the, uh, in, in game one of that series, and then uh, game two of that series, and then with, uh, with Steele. It, it, was, it was nice to see, and I think it gave a lot of encouragement to the next guys through the rotation. Listen, if I don't have my best stuff, I watched Kyle do it. I watched Justin do it. Now, now I'm look, looking at Miley doing it. You, you try, they try to piggyback off each other. Yeah. By the way, uh, Cody is back from the game or leaving the game, and he says, don't let me talk myself into the Cubs being back. Well, we, he doesn't want to get too high, but we, <laughs> see, we know he's vibing. He says, don't let me talk myself into he, it. He's, he's already there. Yeah, he's, he's, already he's, there. he's already done it. Right. Like, he's gone home and yeah. had four Cubby Kool-Aid you, shots. You, you guys know Cubby, yeah. Cody. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got in. his Cubs underoos on right now. But I, like, with the rotation, like, we're still waiting for Stroman to come back, but, like, Seeing Miley go out there tonight and be the guy that you expected when you brought him in, finally healthy and able to go out there, it 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 is so encouraging because we have yet to see we we all knew the expectations coming in for this team and and yada yada, but we hadn't really seen them at full strength in the rotation. And so it has been frustrating, obviously how this season has gone up until this point. But it's encouraging to see Miley out there. Hope you get Stroman back soon. And like you said, like we didn't know a lot about this team coming in, but we expected that top three to give right. you some stability and keep you in games, have some quality starts. And you hope that this is kind of the beginning of when we start to see that, at least with those three guys. And, of course, when you're coming off of Justin Steele striking out 10 guys yep. – you feel even better about that. Uh, by the way, part of the reason we know that Cody's all in is he's now watched the Cubs beat the Pirates 30 to nothing, correct, in the <laughs> last right. two games? Yeah. That's right. Like, I mean, you don't get two home games better than that in one season. Like, back-to-back games that you went to, 30 to nothing. Um, yeah, and I think another point about the rotation is something we talked about in the pregame show, but since everybody might not have watched or listened to the pregame show – it's the involvement and the, the catching situation with Jan Gomes and Contreras. You see that Contreras offensively has blossomed into his best season so far when he's getting a little bit of a break. He doesn't have to be bending down and squatting behind home plate every game. Right. And pitchers really seem to like the variety of having Gomes be there. And frankly, he might be helping Contreras out there as well, right? Like, Pitchers certainly yeah. like throwing to Gomes. We can tell that. Wasn't it in 2016 when he came up, they had him in left field a few times just because right. they were trying to save his legs? Yeah. I mean, this is early in a season where, you know, this is the kind of time where if you can get him off his feet for a game, you know, off his feet, you know, from, you know, from catching, that is, but still keep that bat in the lineup. I mean, the DH has changed. It, it's, it's a game changer. I mean, you're, you, you have the flexibility now as a manager to be able to do that. You can keep your, your best bats in there. You can probably stick with your pitcher. You know, National League managers aren't used to doing that, and now they're having to kind of live by, by the old American League rules and now Major League Baseball rules. But it is, I think it's a help for both of those guys and by, you know, kind of osmosis, the pitching staff as well, because, yeah, you're having to get, rid, uh, get used to pitching to two different guys. But yet now the styles seem to be there a, a little bit, they're, they're kind of coming together because they're talking. You know, Gomes and Contreras are talking. The pitchers are talking. I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice little thing to, to see – developing early on in this year when I think uh JD maybe made this point on the broadcast but like not only do you save Wilson from having to catch so much and be atop the pitches caught leaderboard but it also the DH allows him to stay locked in at the plate 
when he has those nights off. I think it was JD that made that point. And like, I thought that was a good point. Like not only are you able to give him rest and let somebody get out there, but you can let him hit on a night like tonight. And he doesn't, you know, fall into those stretches where he hasn't stood in against live pitching for days at a time in an effort to keep him fresh. You can do both. And I think, again, you can't pinpoint it on one thing, but I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Wilson is having the offensive season that he is with all these factors that we're talking about. No, and I, I'm not saying I don't want to see him behind home plate ever again because I love seeing Wilson oh, pick somebody off on the base there, yeah. paths, you know, throwing behind the batter and getting <laughs> the guy at first. Like, I still love Wilson Contreras as a catcher. Um, and again, I know if the front office is listening, I think I speak for anybody that watches the Cubs on a regular basis, they would like to see Wilson re-signed. I don't know if that's going to happen. I still Uh, think it's unlikely that's going to happen, but I still think there's so much value in having that guy that you saw rounding the bases with all that passion about a home run and, and then in the dugout. And I think there's something to having someone, a position player, because we don't believe Jason Hayward's going to be around for the next great Cubs team, to have a position player that carries over that torch from one group to the next group. And there's going to be some space in between. But I like having an everyday player that would be there and, and carry that tradition over. You don't, want to, you don't want to go 108 years to win the World Series and then just have it drop off the face of the earth and start from ground zero again to build the next team. I want to have somebody that was there and knows about it other than Kyle Hendricks to be able to pass that on to the next team. And I know David Ross will be there, but I'm just saying a player that's playing every day would be helpful. Yeah, and you know, the emotion that he's showing this year, I really believe some of it stems from the fact that he's trying to enjoy every last moment just in case Agreed. because you know, he saw what happened at the trade deadline last year with uh, a lot of his good friends. I mean, Javi Baez and uh, Bryant and Rizzo watching how they reacted uh, when they were dealt from basically the only team that they ever really knew. I mean... Obviously, Rizzo came from the from Red, the Red Sox and the Padres, but the bulk of his big league time, of course, was with the, with the Cubs. So, you know, Wilson's probably one of those emotional type of guys, anyway. Right. But now you're you're looking at okay, this could be my last grand slam at Wrigley Field. This could be my last. And I'm sure it plays into mind too. It's 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 a it's a tricky thing because when you're a player, you know that you're you're a possibility of being dealt. You don't want to leave the place you, you establish yourself, and you don't want to leave the place that you help win a World Series. You want to stay there, but he has no control over it. Well, think back to last year when the Cubs were playing and they were winning and things were going well, and when did it start to fall apart? Right before the trade deadline, which yeah. I still say is fortunate for the franchise because I think they were going to do it anyway. And it made that a decision and explanation a little bit easier if that's Much the way easier, it, yeah. That's the way it was going. Now, one of the reasons for that fall-off could very easily be all of the guys that knew they were potentially going to be traded were thinking all of those things. This could be my last homestand in a Cubs uniform. This could be my last time going to Wrigley Field. This could be my last time in this clubhouse with this team. Wilson may actually experience that same thing again this season. It's very possible. So to see him enjoying the first part of the season without the stress of, is it happening today? Is it happening? Like, if he's going to go through that, I'm glad he's getting this 
this part of the season to enjoy and that he's actually embracing it. But if it makes any sense, he seems like he's playing looser. Right, that's what I'm saying, like yeah. right now. Yeah. But, but I could see that tightening on him yes. as we get closer to the trade deadline, which is what I think potentially happened <laughs> yeah. to a lot of those guys last year. That's the truth. So, hey, well, Luke, see. Yeah. Luke uh, the day that Wilson Contreras is traded, are you prepared to be there for Cody? That's what I want to know, especially after the April right Fool. now that when Wilson yeah. Contreras is traded, assuming he is traded this season, because all signs still point to that, because a guy playing like this, if he's not going to get a contract now, when's he going to get a contract? You know? So unless they come out tomorrow and are like, we signed Wilson Contreras to a long-term deal, which I don't expect, when that day comes, there will be no consoling Cody Del Mendo. Uh, he's at home right now, vibing, feeling good, you know, <laughs> riding his, you know, birthday week is off to a great start. The Cubs are on a three-game ride here. But when they trade Wilson Contreras, he says he's already braced himself for it. I'm just telling you, he's, he has not. He has not. No. He has he not. There, will be, there will be weeping from a man like you've never seen before. There may be shaking. There may be quivering. I know there will be large amounts of salty tears. He will not be a happy man, and this will be an ugly <laughs> podcast. I can just tell you right now, I'm going to tell my parents not to watch the podcast because there's going to be a lot of profanity, and it will be a very, very bad day. It's going to be a dark, dark It's going to be a very yeah. dark episode of the CHGO well, Cubs podcast. I think, podcast. Ryan, when we did a roundtable uh, over on allchgo.com, one of the questions that he asked us was, Wilson is having the best offensive season of his career, do you think that he is increasing the likelihood that the Cubs extend him, or is this performance increasing the likelihood that the offers are very strong and he ends up getting traded? And my answer was the latter. I, I, it just seems to be the decision or the direction that the organization is going, at least with everything you can kind of read between the lines of. And, it, yeah, if you are in need of a catcher, he's certainly – not making any mistake about sort of announcing himself as the best potentially available option. Not that that's my right. choice of direction, but that's just how I read the situation. Ravi's talking about the Mets and they better overpay for Contreras. And, and that's <laughs> one of the rumors already. Um, listen, this is the situation with Wilson. Fans aren't going to be happy when he gets traded. Mm -hmm. Most likely that's for sure. He's not going to be happy about getting traded when it happens. Um, and as far as the way he's playing this season, all of, the, all of it's positive for multiple reasons. One, you get to enjoy Wilson Contreras playing at a high level. If you're a fan of him, if you have his jersey, if you have his jersey, all those things, you can continue to cheer for him in a Cubs uniform and see him doing really great things so far this season. Two, if he's traded, he is definitely increasing his trade value oh, because yeah. he's really showing you that he can put up some serious numbers. And three, if he is re-signed because this is the way he's playing and he's going to continue to play, well, then that's a bonus too. So there is no negative side to the way things are going early in the season for Wilson. But if he does get dealt, I mean, the only people that really lose are the fans. Correct. Because. And Wilson. Well, well Wilson to an extent. Because, you know, you look at what happened with Chris Bryant and with Rizzo and with Baez. And there was all this talk. Hey, Rizzo may want to sign back here. Hey, Chris Bryant wants to come back. Hey, uh, Javi Baez may come back and sign with, you know, with free agency. You get a taste of something else, and it, you, you kind of lose that taste for Chicago. I mean, look, 
these guys have opportunities. Obviously, it was a, a big money deal for, for Chris Bryant with the Rockies. I, don't, I didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, with, with Baez, sets a franchise record for a guy that's not named Miguel Cabrera uh, in Detroit. And, and, you know, Rizzo stays with a team that's an odds-on favor right now to win a World Series. I mean, so look at it that way. I mean, they, they, they move on. Fans have a hard time moving on, and I don't blame yeah. them because, you know, you get attached to certain players, especially players that are performing for you, help you to win a World Series, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Well, that leads us to the perfect question that I posed to Corey as we were starting to watch the game. People are going out and buying jerseys now. Yeah. All right? So you're not going to go out and buy a new Contreras jersey right now because you don't know if he's going to be on the team. You're probably not going to go buy a Rizzo, a Baez, a Bryant, any of those anymore, right? Because right. that era is gone. If you, if you were going to buy one, you bought one already. All right? Same thing with Kyle Hendricks. So as someone who buys jerseys, what will be your next Cubs jersey? Uh, it's not going to happen for a little while. I don't think, uh, I don't feel, you know, cause like it, it goes with the conversation we were having and the, how the loser is the fans. And, you know, even us like talking about this, like, it's a shame that when a guy has the first inning that Wilson does, we see him in the dugout with the, the emotion and a, a little bit of tears because he's taking it all in. And it sort of forces us into these discussions, right? Instead yes. of just being able yeah. to enjoy it, this is the second year now where it's not, we don't want to be talking about this, but this is the reality of the situation. And it, and it is a shame that it kind of has to go there. So right now there's no stability with most of these guys. Like you could probably envision Nico Horner here and contributing uh, for a long time. Um, I'm, typically like a, a pitcher guy like John Lester is my favorite player of all time uh -huh. when he got here he took over Mark Pryor as my previous favorite player of all time so I think I said to Brendan a couple weeks ago if I was a betting man I guess it'll be Caleb Killian ah Shane and Scott in, just sit on the chat in, back to in back. a while um not that I'm sure he's gonna reach that level but he at the moment is probably the most likely so that would probably be my guess uh, PCA in the chat from Shane is, oh, yeah. is an, a, another uh, good choice. And, you know, I mean, like, yeah, when, when, when we know what number Brennan Davis, when his, his back is feeling better and he's able to get back out there, when we know what number that is, I think that'll be a, a, a popular choice as well. But it's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to spend all that money on a guy that the, the team itself doesn't seem to have any intention of, of keeping around, it's, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, I'd buy a Sayo jersey right now. Well, he's got the Sayo shirt. Say, I mean, I think he's got be, the Sayo you know, shirt. He'd be a guy to, you know, you could wear the number 27 loud and proud for a while, you'd think. I mean, I that's think, the way it looks. He's off to a great yeah. start. Go ahead, Clark. For me, I might bet big uh, and just go strong with this. You know, I, I make a lot of bets like Cody suggests, and I go with these crazy, like, 9,000 to 1 bets. But I'm going to go strong with the, the hometown kid. I'm going to go Ed Howard on it. Yeah. I mean, I that's mean, that's – a big stretch. Long-term right yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a long-term play, and I, I'm Ryan Herrera, we hope, will be able to join us before the end of the podcast. He's working the clubhouse uh, and listening to David Ross and asking questions. Um, but one of the questions I was going to, I want to have for him is, has he heard anything? Where, was there any announcement today about Ed Howard? Because we heard on Friday was supposed to be the day that they were supposed to get a little more information about his hip injury. We had heard a significant hip injury. Um, but I haven't heard anything since then. So I didn't hear anything this weekend. Maybe I missed it, but I don't believe so. 
So I'm curious if anything was mentioned at Wrigley Field today. So Ed Howard would be an interesting one. There's That's- a few guys. I mean, if you want to bet long term, like, you know, we're we're big James Triantos yeah. fans on this podcast, but you're you know, you're gonna have to wait a minute till he's actually wearing that jersey at Wrigley Field. But it's yeah, it might be a worthwhile uh, risk. You can definitely there's a lot of guys you could definitely say you were in on it b- before <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. You see Scott's comment at the bottom of the chat. From being burned by buying a Felix PA jersey, I don't buy jerseys anymore. Yeah, you should start with a jersey. Yeah, and then we're work always your way start up. with yeah. the jersey. Make the small yeah. time investment first. Yes. See if the guy's yeah, going to be around, and then you exactly. starting with the Seiya shirt. Exactly. You, you don't get the Seiya Suzuki tattoo across your chest. No, you don't. You get the jersey first. You get the jersey, right. And then <laughs> and you then, worry about right. it later. And that's what I keep telling Cody. I'm like, Cody, you can't get the Caleb Killian tattoo across your neck He's yet. You, you got to start easy. Go with the jersey, then the jersey, then the tattoo that wraps around your neck. <laughs> that's the way. That's the order of the three. Um, by the way, Cody did tell us correctly. He's our betting man, and he went to the ballpark, and he said, reporting from the bleachers, boots on the ground, left field, wind blowing left to right, pound the over. That's why you got to be in the uh, the YouTube chat. That's where that, that, that little insight was. You were on the was, YouTube pre-game. chat. You knew that. You put a few uh, dollars. Clark? You, Clark put a few on it. I did. You know what? I, I'm going to be honest. I accidentally clicked the under. I think I got excited by the <laughs> plus 100 on it. I went back to look at it later after I parked my car here. Oh, no. I kid you not, Luke. I kid you not. So you got the good information. Yeah. Almost insider trading, if you will, from, <laughs> from a man at the ballpark, and you still screwed it up, Clark. I did. As Corey mentioned earlier, too, the, the over-under was eight and a half. Barely. And it, it held at eight for a while, so I'm like, well, maybe. They almost hit it in <laughs> the first <laughs> inning alone yeah. and then barely got the over. Yeah. See? Even on a great night. It always hurts you somehow. The game always hurts just a little bit somehow. Uh, by the way, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay for the first time ever. Build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same-game parlays and you can actually download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account start to finish all from your phone. I say it all the time. If Cody can do it, you can do it. Signing up now easier than ever. So start living your bet life in seconds. Use the code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And CHGO, we hope you're loving what we're doing. Post-game shows, podcasts, pre-game shows. Every team in Chicago that you love, we've got a group following them and bringing you podcasts and live shows on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, you can download them wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please go and rate and review those podcasts, especially the CHGO Cubs one, if you know what I mean. Like, give us a little love there if you wouldn't mind. Uh, premium written content for the members. We got Ryan hopefully coming up, allchgo.com. I mentioned in the uh, read that, oh, I just heard a little ding. We might have Ryan here in a second. Dope merch for all the teams. Andy Mazur, if you haven't seen our dope merch, you got to go it. to allchgo.com. I've seen it. 
And, it's, it's and, and I know you're a yeah. member, but we're going <laughs> to yeah. get you some free it, dope yeah. merch. I got to work on that. Right. And, uh, you know, those free shirts when you become a member. And the members only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Andy may not know about this because, you know, WGN is a very fine establishment. But we're, we're going to take it a little sexy. I'm saying for the CHGO Lounge, I want us to get, like, velvet robes. Like, like lounge robes, you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a velour CHGO logo, and then you can put your favorite team on the other one, and maybe your initial. Monogrammed. Yeah, it's in the works. I've been talking to the bosses, but they haven't quite come through with that. Anyways, it looks like our guy is ready to go. Is Ryan, uh, can you hear us? Oh, he's got us. We don't hear him yet. Hold on. Hold it. Hold it. Ryan Herrera, star beat reporter for CHGO. Cubs insider, checking from Wrigley Field, or checking the audio. Anyways, uh, we'll have Ryan in a second. You're listening to the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast. The great Andy Mazur joining us from WGN Radio and the Andy Mazur podcast. Corey Friedman sitting in for Mr. Del Mendo, who's off celebrating early on his birthday. He'll be back tomorrow. Probably at Murphy's, if I was guessing. If the Cubs buzz has worn off, he will make it into work tomorrow in his Air Jordans and probably his new Wade Miley tattoo that he got after the game, which he wasn't sure about. Do we have Ryan now? Any shot? Is Ryan there? Not yet. We're still working on Ryan. Oh, I see Ryan on a, on a monitor here. I don't hear Ryan yet. Okay. If only we could read lips. <laughs> let's, let's just get to that information that was pregame. Actually, Ryan gave it to us. Um, Clint Frazier starting AAA rehab tomorrow, which is interesting because we talked a lot preseason about guys have ceilings. They're trying to evaluate a lot of players this season and catch lightning in a bottle with some former uh, high prospects. Frazier may have the highest ceiling of all those guys, and his bat is really an intriguing one to me if he can put it together. Uh, Bodie, rehab assignment later this week. Alec Mills, batting practice tomorrow. Madrigal, no timetable. For me, the two interesting ones there are Frazier, because I want to see what he's got, and Bodie, because I'm curious how that will impact the roster. Yeah, it's going to make for some interesting decisions. It, it certainly will. You know, Bodie's uh, versatility will certainly help. Uh, and, you know, Jonathan Villar did not uh, hit the ball all that well tonight, and, you know, it still looks like Simmons has got a little issue with the arm. Yeah, he made some great plays with yeah. the glove, but it doesn't look like he's zipping it over to no. first like yeah. maybe you would expect from a guy with a bunch of gold gloves. Yeah, it was a little bit of a lollipop tonight. But, you know, again, he's making his first uh, Cubs appearance, and he did make the play. So I, it's, it's kind of hard to argue with that. You know, it was interesting. We were, we were talking about the, the fact that the Cubs have only won five games at home this year. Right. This was the fifth. I'm looking at this right here from Stats by Stats. And the Cubs have outscored their opponents 48-6 to in their five home wins this year. And that's the best run differential of plus 42 by any Major League Baseball team over its first five home wins of a season since the New York Giants in 1893. Wow. But if you take out the 21 to nothing game, but you they're probably out one of the worst in they their first it. four wins. You don't have to worry about it because they did score it. Well, it would be cut in half, right? Yeah. It would be 21. It wouldn't be very good. No. But when you impressive. win 21 to nothing, it helps. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool, though. And then 9 to nothing. The, the, I, I would say that playing the Pirates helped, but we're still trying to get the, the winning record over them, uh, you know, on the year. So I gotta be we're, we're inching I get, there. I can't make fun of the Pirates because I did a lot of it in the pregame, 
preseason shows, I said, listen, if they can't beat the Pirates and the Reds, they're not even trying. Well, we put them in the bottom on every positional ranking yes, that we did. Yes, and then they won yeah. three out of four, and I was like, well, I just need to stop talking about the Pirates. <laughs> We're going to make up for it, I think, in the these other three games. Uh, did I see who said... Robbie says he has an autographed Kevin Ory baseball card. Well, congratulations, Robbie. That's got to be worth, worth something, yeah. maybe to Kerry Wood or somebody. I worth the era that was should have been called Aaron and Ricky Gutierrez. No, no, yeah, no, uh, no offense to Kevin Ory, by the way. And we are still working on Ryan Herrera. He's at the ballpark. He has a computer and a microphone, <laughs> but technology these days is not always perfect. Is what you learn, you know. This is true. What else did you learn about the Cubs in the last five days? I mean, I think the hope is that this is closer to what a larger, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens like once they reach the the deadline again. But I think this is kind of what you're hoping their brand of baseball looks like, right? It's going to be a lot of close games. Tonight, it was not a close game. The offense showed out. Uh, even if it was mostly just for one inning, uh, which I think Marquis put up a stat that that's kind of how things have gone. A lot of their damage has been in the first few innings. But close games, the pitching has been good, and you just need the offense to kind of find a little stability and, and consistency and maybe a little more power. And again, like they're they're not going to be a top team in the league, I don't think. But that stretch, uh, especially with the Dodgers and the White Sox, really did feel like a low and it it felt even before that uh you know those two series it felt like i i i didn't necessarily expect this team to be great but i this is seems worse than it should be and so hopefully what we've seen over that west coast trip and then starting here against pittsburgh is maybe somewhere you know closer to what this team can actually do on a nightly basis even if that results in a lot of like one-run wins, close games, but that's, you know, that's competitive for the most part. Uh, kind of piggybacking off that, I mean, I'm, I'm learning that this bullpen is serviceable. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not flashy. It's not uh, filled with big, uh, big names that a lot of people know, but they've been getting the job done over the last, uh, last four, uh, five or six games to the point where, you know, you can, you can pull the starting pitcher and still have some confidence that if you're behind, it's going to stay that deficit and if you're in front, it's going to stay uh, stay a lead. So I think that uh, that that's something that, that's been a nice little surprise over the last few weeks. When especially that they've been able to do it with Robertson out. Yeah, as exactly. he was. I mean, if you want to call him so far the best, I think he probably has been. He's been getting the bulk of the saves, and for them to kind of just keep it rolling with him being out is really impressive. You have an update on Wilson Contreras's bid for that yeah, 100th so ball? Yeah, so we did see him when he was rounding the bases. You know, he kind of did that thing <laughs> yeah. to the— I thought that was a Soriano, he, you can't see me. Well, there were times where plate. he would wave and yeah. or point when he was rounding the bases, but he did that thing, which is, yeah, I, want I, I, I want the ball. And I'm reading from uh, Megan Montemuro uh, that he did get the 100th home run ball from a fan who caught it, and in exchange he traded a couple of baseballs, a bat— and took some photos, and he plans to give it to his dad. And he said, quote, Today is one of those days that made me think of my childhood, where I came from. It makes me proud. See, that's, I mean, I, I, will, I will say this always about Wilson Contreras, and there's certain things you, you remember about players from different eras. Wilson Contreras does not forget where he came from and how fortunate he is to have this opportunity. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a great baseball player. 
and he's a huge piece of the 2016 championship. And I hope he's a piece of the franchise moving forward. One of the things I love about him is the passion. The other thing is he doesn't forget. Like, no. he knows what each of these – I remember it the first All-Star appearance, what that meant to him. Like, he just was overcome with emotion about what that meant to him to be an All-Star. And not much gets by him that he does, doesn't appreciate, you know? Like, he, he seems to really soak it all in. That's about family. Yeah. If you yeah. notice with him, I mean, his brother uh, with, uh, with Atlanta, I mean, it was one of those things that you remember playing catch with him in the backyard and – now he's a successful big leaguer, and so is his brother. And now you're talking about getting the ball to his dad. So it's 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 impressive. It's cool. When I think you saw it, you know, too, when he and his brother exchanged the lineup cards, and he right. was, you know, showing some tears. Then, like, it's it's hard not to love that as a fan. Like, you really get the sense that not only, like you said, does he remember where he came from and appreciate like every single little milestone and and thing that happens to him and how fortunate he is and who helped him along the way. But like, you just get the sense that he would, he would die out there for the Chicago Cubs. Like it's the only team he knows, whatever he has to do to win a game or, or make a play or anything for the team that is on his Jersey, which we've been lucky enough as the Chicago Cubs, you feel like he would do it. And that's not to say that other guys don't care or anything like that. But with Wilson, he leaves no doubt that when you put that investment in as a fan, of the team and of him, he is full throttle to give that right back to you. And it means just, it means more to him than it could ever mean to any of us. I saw Shane uh, Newbanks on the chat saying that he was an intern at Daytona when Wilson was there, still playing third base and a no-name guy. And that's another thing is you forget, not only did he have a tough road to get to the major leagues, but like he was changing positions, trying... You know, when people jumped on him early on for not being good enough at pitch framing, I mean, it wasn't his initial position. The no. guy went from being an infielder to to trying being a catcher. You know, it's like when Schwarber started as a catcher and then went out to left field and everybody was all over him for not being great in left field. It was like, well, it's not as, you know, he's trying to make a home there. It's not easy. Yeah, and certain guys like that are probably better off with their bat than they are on the field anyway. And you, yeah. you just hope that they don't give us – Give up more runs than they're going to be uh, accounting for with you. So the Cubs win nine to nothing. Uh, they have now outscored the Pirates thirty to nothing in games that Cody Del Mendo attends this year, <laughs> which is a good thing. And Cody always says, "Pound the over." He usually says, "No runs first inning" on the podcast. He always likes to bet the no runs first inning. Well, thank good. I'm I'm hoping he didn't do that yeah. tonight, but because he, since he told us to pound the over, I'm going to assume he did not. Now, yeah. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow, download that PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only do you get two risk-free bets up to two grand, but a $50 or more first-time deposit gets you that free CHGO membership, unlocks the web content, free shirt from the CHGO locker, and if you have questions, just email us, pointsbetallchgo.com, and we will help you out. Online sign-up, ready to go now in Illinois, and you're signing up with the fastest sportsbook it's easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's go back and look at our who you got picks from the pregame show. Now, if we have to. We didn't. <laughs> oh, we have to. We didn't make any pick for Cody this time. I usually like to make a pick for Ryan when he's gone. I didn't do it to Cody because... You were so we we gave 
basically we gave Cody's it the first picked, pick. Yeah, we yeah. gave it gave it away. So we gave you first pick, and Mr. Went, Mazer, yeah. and you went with who? I went with Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, and he had one hit, a run scored, and a run scored. Yeah, should have been two hits. It was a tough chance. They they ruled an error. Tough, tough chance. If and buts, got a family candy to and nuts, about, you know, Mr. Mazer. He had a hit, and he had a run scored. You had Seiya Suzuki, one hit, no run scored. And did I take Contreras? You well, wished you took Contreras. Oh, that's right. I didn't. I, I thought I took Contreras. I, I did not. I had Patrick Wisdom, who was over. You were totally going to, though. Exactly. Yeah. I, every time that I go to make the wrong pick, the other guy is on the tip of my tongue, but I didn't take it. So, And uh, I think there was another Schwindel. I think Jack. No, Jack was taking Simmons. Oh, in the okay. pregame show, okay. and he did have a he, hit. He did. Yeah, he did. And a nice play. Of course, that hit was like... 35 feet. <laughs> His first hit as a well Cub. placed. Made it halfway to third counts. base on yep. a full swing right down the line. That's and it was exactly perfect. how he drew it up. It was exactly how he drew it up. So, uh, and, any luck with Ryan? update here is uh, there is no luck. Uh, no we're luck. not going to be able to bring Ryan on tonight. And good news, it is cooler in here tonight than it was last week. Well, that is great news. They so fixed I, the AC, yeah. which is why we're back in the building. And the temperatures dropped, too. But the AC is. It feels great. You know what the other good news is, Clark? What? You're here. That's great news. Great to have you I feel great. I just, it's my first night back in a couple weeks, and that happens. So, I, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel great. So, But I, that's all right. I thought I'd follow it up with it. It's nice here. Like it We feels did nice. get some information just by reading the Twitters great. of Megan Montemurs. Megan Montemura. Yeah. Well, right? and we do, I mean, we do have an update if we're looking ahead to tomorrow from Ryan. So that oh, we can, okay, we do. We have. We can at least get some information a, from Ryan. A verbal update, uh, but we have an update. Ryan Herrera. Uh, Keegan Thompson tomorrow. He is starting. Yeah, so we were, it was TBD, and uh, we do have confirmation that it will be Keegan Thompson. Against JT Brubaker. Now, how do you, how do you guys feel about Keegan Thompson starting? He had the one goal of it, and it was good. It wasn't as good as what we've seen of him out of the bullpen. One of the things with Justin Steele is we saw him start to develop those other pitches. The sinker was going for him. Um, I would have preferred that the Cubs had a red-hot Keegan Thompson. Again, I'm not the manager. I don't have to deal with the lack of pitchers that he has right now, the shortage. COVID potentially, whatever else is going on. I would have liked to see, ideally, I would have left him in the role that he was in. I don't need to see the spot start. I've seen him start before. I would rather see him crush the confidence, just build it, build it, build it. Keep coming in, being that guy that comes in after a start, gives you four solid, as you know, Cody and the kids like to say, let him shove for four innings and then bring in the next guy. Now, It'll be interesting to see what tomorrow's start is like because you've had three good starts in a row and you would like to see the next guy build on that. I don't think confidence-wise it's changing anything in his mind, but I'll be interested to see what kind of outing we get. So would you rather have Mark Letter Jr. starting again? I would rather have Stroman come off the okay, list well, I mean, if he's healthy in, in, in the last perfect, second. In a perfect world, I know, yeah. I know. That, like, that's but, the option. Yeah, that's I, the thing. I, I, mean, I understand it. When you have that shortage like you were talking about, I mean, you got to go with the guy that at least you think you can get to the fourth inning. Okay, then, so I guess my question would yeah. be this. if Let's say F. Ross is available tomorrow or 
Givens or whoever you want it to be, would you rather have an opener go for a couple innings and then have Thompson just continue to do the role that he's doing, pick it up in the second inning? It's always dangerous because, you know, you're, you're still not replicating a, a situation that he would normally come into anyway. So, I mean, Justin Steele is kind of doing the same thing right now, trying to feel his way through as a starter when he had a bunch of success as a reliever. But, you know, you, you're a young enough pitcher. You, you got to learn it. You have to be able to be that kind of dependable guy. You have to you have to see and you have to, as a manager, you have to be able to know, all right, listen, if we're, if we're in a bind, I can start him. And I'm confident that he's going to go out there and – He's going to give me three. He's going to give me four. He's going to do everything he's supposed to be doing when he's in a, a bullpen role, but he's going to do it at the very beginning of the game rather than doing it in the third inning. So you got to trust a kid like that, and I think the options are very limited. Yeah, I, I like, I, I'm with you. I prefer him in that kind of like weapon out of the bullpen, but a few innings at a time kind of role, but. Yeah, I would rather have him go than calling someone up and, you know, that just hasn't been as successful. And I think last week when I was on uh, at the end of the Padres series with Cody and Ryan, I said that Keegan is not a starter. He isn't really a traditional reliever. He's an outgetter. And I think that's how you use him tomorrow. If he goes out there, it, it also affords you the opportunity to see if he can start and show you something there, which is something that I know a lot of our YouTube comments often are like, hey, let's get this guy a start. He's doing so well. So you do get to at least see if he looks like he can go five or six innings. Great. Wonderful. Like go out there, get as many outs as you can. But you only use Michael Rucker tonight. So you should have most, if not all of the bullpen back tomorrow and ready to follow Keegan up. And he's been really successful. So I think you probably go in with a plan of he goes until he looks like they're figuring him out or his command is failing him or his velocity's falling, anything like that. And otherwise, you just sort of trust that he's going to have the success that he's had, and then you'll turn it over to maybe Scott Efros for a couple innings and take it from there. Yeah, you know, and a couple things on that too, because if you're the catcher tomorrow and if you're Tommy Hadovy, you're, you're, you're getting into the mind, you're getting into his mind right now. And you're saying, okay, this is, you're in the bullpen, all right? Just... Here, we need to get to this guy. We need to get through this guy. Taking it in one hit at a time. You gotta you have to get into the mindset of these younger guys that are doing things that they're not normally used to doing. So I that that's one thing. The second thing is that's why it was so important tonight for Wade Miley to go out and do what he did. Mm-hmm. Because the bullpen had been taxed. I mean, they've been doing a nice job. But you know, there's only so many bullets left in those in those arms, you know, in consecutive games and two out of the last three or three out of the last four. You gotta give them a little bit of a break. And Miley made sure that that happened tonight. You also see, like, I don't always love it when Ross extends guys, uh-huh. right? He did it with Efros over the weekend, and the only hit that he allowed was in that rollover batter. Uh, it, you know, he pitched the clean inning and then came back, gave up the hit, and then they went to Rowan Wick. I don't always love it, but when you're waiting for guys to come back off the IL or you have guys making spot starts— you do sort of see the benefit of at least trying to push these guys and see who can go multiple innings, who can come back after if they just get an out and have to sit down. I don't always love it because I don't necessarily think everybody is best suited for it. Uh, Not everybody can be a multi-inning guy. It's not an easy thing to do for a reliever. But Ross, I think because so many of these guys are young and you're trying to figure out what they have and how they can succeed – these are the situations where trying those things, especially early in the season, 
does pay off because you can look at a game like Andy said tomorrow and sort of game plan it out where it's yeah. like, okay, we can have this guy for this many batters if we can get this many from whoever follows him and you kind of piece it all together. It's a lot easier when you don't have to limit things to saying this guy can only go one or if he pitches an out and has to sit down, he's done. We have to take him off for the day. It's a little more flexible and I think that's helpful with a pitching staff like this. I'm buying what you guys are selling. Yeah. That is the calming wisdom of Andy Mazur and Corey Friedman have talked me into it's okay that Keegan starts. I'm, I have a tomorrow. question. I, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I have a question for you guys long-term with him, okay? We've seen this season how valuable, and first of all, pitching has changed in Major League Baseball. The way rotations and relievers are used has certainly changed in the last just five years of Major League Baseball. We've seen the value that Keegan Thompson can have on this franchise as that guy that can be the bridge guy from a starter to the closer. And sometimes it's in blowout games. Sometimes it's in you want him for all your high leverage middle inning outs that you have to get. When does that person, Keegan Thompson or somebody else, become as valuable as a fourth or fifth starter? Or what, put, what part of the rotation is that? Where do you put that value-wise? I would personally say your one, two, and three starters are always going to be more valuable than that guy, no matter how good he could be for your franchise. But could that position become more valuable to a pitching staff than a fourth or fifth starter at some point? Look, you have to kind of look at it this way. I, and I, when I was in San Diego, they were epic in putting together bullpens. There are guys you'd never heard of in your life that were coming into the games in the sixth inning and the seventh inning and the eighth inning and were gaining so much confidence that they would go from the sixth inning guy to the seventh inning guy. Then they would go from the seventh inning guy to the eighth inning guy. I mean, there was a Hall of Fame closer out there, so you didn't have to worry about that at that point. But it's, it's all about finding that niche with, with these guys because a valuable arm, you want to maximize the potential that you have to help him helping your franchise. Look, I, I've always said to, my, to me the 21st out is just as important as the 27th out. So if you're in a situation where you've got to get a guy who's basically your, your sixth inning closer, which is what you got to look at it that way, he's got the stuff to do that. You know, he's got, a, he's, he's got good stuff. Will that translate to later on down the line that he gets into a situation where he's a short man? I don't know. I don't know if that's maximizing exactly what he can give you. But you can't really wait and sit around and hope that a guy like Keegan Thompson can pitch two or three innings in a week. You know what I mean? It's, you, have to, you have to slot him into a situation where you're not depending on a starter to, to not go four innings and bring him in to, to fill a gap for three. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but what I'm saying is... I know what you're saying. You really have to put him in a position where he's going to be best served for himself and also best served for this organization. Do you think, though, the way baseball is changing that a middle relief or high leverage guy somewhere near the back end of the bullpen can be as valuable as a frontline starter, like a, a top three starter. When you're, when you're starting to look at your pitching staff and say, these are my best arms and this is where I want to start slotting these young guys. And when they start to come up to the franchise, we've seen the brewers in the past take guys and make that role almost so so powerful that the frontline guys didn't have to be as good. So yeah. 
when does that role have just as much value as a starter? Well, I mean, that's that's the best example. I mean, we never have to hand anything to uh, the team that plays up north. Right. But that's... We'll just say I, I the think team the, from the north. I think that's the best answer, and, and we don't even have to use any names. The guy that has been at the back end of their bullpen, I think that's the answer. Um, you see the value in someone who you can use like that in shortening games and making small leads hold up and things like that. I, I think the key for Keegan when we have these conversations is we've kind of always tried to talk about it in a way where like being a successful reliever in in a long sense or how, however he's being used, there that's not like inherently worse, right, than no. being a, a starting pitcher. And it, that may be what he prefers to do. And I know, you know, often that it's easy as we watch the games to say, well, he's succeeding in this. Let's just try to get him to do it over seven innings, right? Like, it's easy to say, but that that role is really important in made today's Major League Baseball with how guys' numbers get worse as they face a lineup the second, third, and fourth time. And I think the best example of this is the 2021 World Series. I mean, I think like other than Max Freed, like nobody in that series had like long drawn out starts. It was openers. Jesse Chavez started a a World Series game. He opened a World Series game. Like that's just the way the game is going. And especially when you get in the playoffs, which this Cubs team is not there yet, uh, we we don't think, uh, despite a, a really good stretch that they're on here. Cody might disagree <laughs> at this moment, but um, they're building to that. And if Keegan Thompson can occupy that role, you know, we have seen it before where you need guys to come in and replace the starters because even your best starters, when the matchups are so hyper-focused in the playoffs, everybody's studying and you're seeing guys multiple times, you need those guys, and they can be extremely, extremely valuable. And it's not the best way to use this stat, but I'm going to do it anyway just to illustrate a point. Like, if you look at wins above replacement for the Cubs pitching staff, Keegan Thompson would rank fifth behind Steele, Efros, Wick, and Hendricks. So it, it's it's not the best because you're parsing like ten, right. tenths of a win. It's it's really not. But it's just easy to see. Like, he's thrown 27 innings. Uh, it's easy to see how that value really starts to creep up in comparison to everybody else when you are able to be as effective as Keegan has. Now, the trick will also be the financial side of it. You know, a player most likely wants to be a starter because the money is in being a starter, a frontline starter. Or a closer. Or a closer. But the middle guy up until now probably hasn't been paid nearly as much as the other ends of the spectrum. And so that's why they would want to eventually try to get that way. But if teams start valuing that differently, then potentially maybe you start to see that shift in baseball as well. I I don't know if that's coming quite yet, but... Uh, it's a trend in baseball to keep an eye on on what what those middle guys are starting to make and how managers are starting to use the roles differently than they've ever used them before. Well, and so I I, I do want to uh, David at the at the bottom there, you know, says uh, what what happens if he pitches seven strong tomorrow? You guys act like he can't be a starter. Not at all. I don't I don't think, I think that's true. Yeah, I, I, I think the I that's think not the, what I'm saying. I'm just no, saying I think the, I'm built. I like the way he's building his confidence. The, the debate that we're having is more so is is not whether he can do it or not. We saw him succeed at least a little bit 
Uh, it was it was hit or miss last year. But I think the debate is not whether he can do it, but whether he and the team are best served with this him season, right in, now in this particular right. role. And 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 really just trying to not diminish the value of such a role. Right, because I think I do believe that it's as valuable as certainly a four or five starter. In my in my opinion, I think that role might be more valuable than the fourth or fifth starter. You know, and these are opportunities for young guys right now because of the fact that there is a little uncertainty toward the back end of the rotation right now. There's some injury issues, obviously, with uh, with Marcus Stroman not being there. This this is a kind of a thing where you know the spotlight shines on a kid, and let let's see what he does with it. I mean, I I hope he pitches a complete game for goodness sakes. I mean that that's yeah. that's the object, obviously, when a starter goes out there. But eventually, you figure out where he's best served as the player and where he is best served as the organization. I mean, maybe it is a starter. Who knows? I mean, he's still young in the game. And it might be different next season than it is this season. And there's nothing to say that he couldn't do that role all of this season and still come out and be a really good starter for you next season. In fact, that's what I'm saying is I believe you could have your cake and eat it too. You could see him do that this year and then use that as a foundation potentially going into spring training next year, and maybe that's when he makes the big leap. I don't know. Maybe he will make a great start tomorrow, and you will say, well, good problem. find somebody else. Let's find yep. somebody else for that middle role because we've, we've done it before. Yep. So we'll see. I think he's been one of the great stories for the Cubs this season. Tonight, the great stories were the offense, eight runs in the first inning, Wilson Contreras with a double and a grand slam, his 100th career home run, and Wade Miley making it, Three great starts in a row for the Cubs. Seven innings, six strikeouts, no walks, and just one hit in 83 pitches, which is a number you always want to remember. So Cubs win 9 to nothing. They have their first three-game winning streak of the season. Uh, we want to thank Andy Mazur, WGN Radio, for jumping in. Anything you want to promote? How about the podcast? Podcast, yes. Andy Mazur Podcast. Just search it uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We had some uh, some. Pretty big guest. We had uh, had Tom Brenneman on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nice a little talk with uh, with Tom and uh, talk a little bit about the uh, little Twitter action this week with uh, our buddy from Super Seventy Sports with all those oh, yeah. great tweets. <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll look for the yeah. We'll, we're we're coexisting with podcasts. We no, like that. We like. We're that. not fighting. We're we're cross sharing podcasts. Corey Freeman, thanks for jumping in for our, our man Cody as he celebrates his big birthday. I I so I did wear Jordans. To, oh, you did. Uh, See, lucky Jordan. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, it's show him, show him off on to the... get him in there. But you know, we got Jordans on for Cody. Uh, I did not work. We didn't need a spin zone. No, never. So no I, I was going. Zone. Cody always spin zones things, but we didn't need a spin zone. Like Ian Happ was had three That's hits. Right. Wilson Contreras had a, an incredible game. Hit his hundredth career home run. They won nine to nothing. There was nothing to spin zone. It was all vibes. It, it was all vibes, even without Cody. That's all I can say. Sunshine, rainbows, the whole, and vibes. The whole night was nothing but vibes. <laughs> Thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs post-game podcast. Cubs win 9 to nothing. We'll play them again on Tuesday. Until then, fly the W.